Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The only reason why we have these people coming across the border like we do is because both the Homeland Security Secretary and the President are not in enforcing current laws. They, they claim that Republicans need to work with them. I have outlined exactly what they need to do uh, as a starting point uh, to begin to secure the border. And so any suggestion by either Secretary Mayorkas or the president that Republicans are not working with them is just flat out false. I've given them tangible ideas where they can secure the border uh, and take care of the safety of the United States of America. Now uh, the ball is in their court to mm-hmm. step up and take the action they are already authorized to take. Not only authorized, Governor Abbott, constitutionally required. Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution. We provide a republic form of government. We protect the nation from invasion. I know people get all squirrely when you say invasion, but, well, that's that's their problem. Isn't it their problem at this stage of the game? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. 833-468-8669. That's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. And you should feel free to do that. No problem. Be happy to talk to you. Joe Biden did go down to the border. He did take a photo op with a wall. He 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 did. That, that, that is true. That is fact. He took a photo op. At the wall, you know, the wall that was racist and bigoted and terrible and awful. But, you know, if it was created, works. That's what he did. Now, why is he down there? Well, he's down there because he's actually heading to uh, Mexico. He's going to meet with leaders of Mexico and with uh, the Canadian prime minister, the, uh, the, the, the autocrat, the iron-fisted Justin Trudeau who likes to speak in these soft tones, but that is certainly not who he is. But the visit to the border is only a step one, a noting and a noticing of what it is that's going on is only a step one. The step two is what are you going to do about it? And that requires... A recognition that what you've done over the last two years, President Biden, doesn't work. Now, it is noted by many people that the border that Biden has seen isn't actually the border as we know it. And you're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. If you were hiding people from Biden, if you tried to clean things up because Biden got because Biden was coming, you uh, cleared encampments of people who have crossed the border and don't have anywhere else to go. Uh, tent cities, I mean, that's uh, sanitized is the word, and that's accurate. That's incredibly uh, accurate. uh, Customs and Border Protection sources saying that the Central Processing Center, which was overwhelmed, is no longer at its capacity. Where are those people? Why didn't you show the president exactly what the problem is? So you've got the Border Patrol Union saying, what is this? State and local authorities ramped up detentions and cleaning up migrant encampments. You mean Greg Abbott 
wasn't showing Biden what was happening? And if these things could be cleaned up, well, why weren't they cleaned up? We are sometimes in such levels of unseriousness, and this, these are the frustrating things, the angering things. Why don't we discuss the problem as it is? Because it is great. The problem is massive and is only getting worse. And if you get rid of Title 42, the problem becomes even more precarious. Title 42 is not an immigration policy. Title 42 is a health care policy, stating that when you're dealing with, let's say, uh, I don't know, an infectious disease, uh, let's call it COVID, just for a name, I called it COVID. You could have called it anything you wanted to. Me, I just used the term COVID. When you're dealing with something like that, you could... Simply remove people from the country saying that it's for national security and for health issues. Now, I'm, I'm giving the, 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 the broadest brush to this, to this right? But that, that's what it says. That's what allows the country to say, nope, you got to go, nope, you got to go, nope, you got to go. And right now is the only thing, the only thing keeping people out. And it is that thing where you have representatives like Ilhan Omar saying it's immoral. And the president ran on a promise to undo the unconstitutional, harmful and immoral policies of Trump. Uh, And I would put Title 42 in that category. How? Why? Then again, it is Representative Omar and people who break the law and come into the country. uh, Those are just some people who did something. That's all. Uh, That's that's all. It's like September 11th. Some people did something. And look, look, some people are doing something, uh, something else. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. That is just the kind of attitude, the kind of radicalness that we want no part of and certainly does not solve the problem. The problem, of course, of the border. This problem that doesn't have an end because some people don't want to end it. They don't want it to go away. We've seen this from both parties, an unwillingness to aggressively address the issue. Uh, I have referred to this as Palestinians as cause versus Palestinians as state, right? What, what is more valuable to the Iranian mullahs, to the people who want to destroy Israel, a Palestinian state or Palestinians who are abused and, and left for dead and, and oppressed, even though that's not the case, Except, of course, left for dead by people like the mullahs, the hardliners, and the clerics of Iran and other nations. After all, how do you think this all started? But if you have the the Palestinians, air quotes, governing themselves, running their own life, well, they are then responsible for what it is that happens. Like, for example, allowing uh, Hamas to be in charge. 
So you would rather, if you are the, these hardliners, these people who just simply want to destroy Israel, you would rather utilize the Palestinian people as a way of ginning up uh, anti-Israel sentiment. Well, what if you don't want to solve the border problem because you think of it as a worthwhile political wedge issue? Which is irrational because it hurts all of us regardless of our political party. Our border doesn't work. That should be a universal conversation amongst Americans. How could somebody on the political left want to make claim? How could they make claim? Not even want to. How could they make claim that what's working here is good? And then why does Representative Omar come in with even more conversation like this? I think the president can take leadership and get everybody uh, to the table to try to find a long-term solution. You have to remember that I am an immigrant myself, mm. um, but before I immigrated to the United States under a refugee asylum status, I was somebody who crossed the border into a country. My family fled Somalia and we crossed the border to Kenya to seek refuge. And Kenyans welcomed us with open arms. There were solutions to the problem that we were facing and we did feel safe and secure if countries like Kenya can figure out uh, how to care for those that are fleeing devastation I certainly hope that the United States can as well and be the example that it has been for generations what's interesting is that nobody fleeing Nicaragua says let's go to Kenya and that she didn't say wow Kenya's amazing, let's stay. And the United States welcomed Representative Ilhan Omar with open arms. Arms so open, so wide open. Oh, I hate quoting Creed, but what are you going to do? So wide open that she became a representative in the U.S. House of Representatives. That's welcoming. The United States isn't welcoming. She needs to look in a mirror and stop talking so much. She sounds silly. She also said that it is Republicans. Good Lord. Republicans who want to utilize this. It's Republicans who want to use this crisis. Remember that when we think about uh, people seeking asylum, that that is in, uh, in line with international law, and it certainly is in line with our laws. Uh, and we have a moral obligation to do the right thing here. And I do hope that the president uses um, you know, his authority uh, to get things done uh, on behalf of the American people. Obviously, you know, Republicans want to continue to use the crisis at the border as a political um, pawn. But that's a take. As for the moral obligation piece, uh, the obligation to help people, doesn't that start with American citizens first? One of the problems is, is that these people, and I mean the political left in this case, and I would argue there are people on the political right, they have a fear or an unwillingness to rank things. They would consider the ranking of things to be bigoted, to be hateful. I do not. Helping people, 
That matters greatly. And no one can question whether or not the United States of America, Americans, are helpful people. But as we learned from every airline, when the oxygen masks fall, you put on your oxygen mask first. Then you help the people around you, including the children. Am I the only person who noticed you put on your own oxygen mask first? First? No, no, no. There's no way I'm the only person to notice such a thing. But it is a great understanding of how you handle an issue. If you don't put on your oxygen mask first, how can you help anybody else? Because you will be the person who loses oxygen and then uh, and then you'll be out. Well, if you help them first, they'll help you. They may be out because you're helping them. They look to adults on airplanes and say, help yourself, then help your children, because your children are not going to be able to help you. The same rules apply. If we don't help Americans in this border conversation first, the Americans of El Paso and the Americans of the Yuma sector, the Americans uh, on, on the California side, if we do not help them first... The Americans of New York and Nantucket, or is it Martha's Vineyard? It was Martha's Vineyard, sorry. Oh, I get my my vacationing areas confused. Such an elitist snob I am. If you don't help them first, how do you expect to help anybody else? Rational conversation that they don't have an answer for. All they have is more vitriolic nonsense as to why there should be an open border. Do I believe from this visit that Joe Biden is going to somehow change, change his mind, change his thoughts, change his ideas, change the perception, change the rea- reality by doing more? No, 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 I do not. I, I, I hope. I hope, but I don't see it. And that's the ugliest part. He's going to go to the border, see this, and then move on to something else. He's going to move on to some conversation where he's got to deal with the extremists of the Republican Party. Dude, stop worrying about extreme this, that, or the other, and just fix the border. Not fixing the the border is extreme. That's how Americans see it. If we're going to now utilize extreme for everything, let's rank these things. This is extreme. And there doesn't seem to be any hope. He went to the border. Nice. It's only been two years. Now what is he going to do? That's the only thing that matters. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. I don't think it's just one of those things that the January 6th committee released Social Security numbers of Trump officials and those supportive of the former president. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I don't think it's just an accident. They released documents from their investigation. They inadvertently, as the reporting goes, made public nearly 2,000 Social Security numbers, including Governor Nome, Christy Nome of uh, South Dakota, Governor Abbott of Texas, uh, Governor Henry McMaster of South Carolina, former Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar, and the former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson. 
That's a lot of Republicans. Of course, I don't believe it to be an accident. I believe this is who they are. I'll tell you something else that I believe. I have always said regarding January 6th that it was a riot. Never insurrection. I never believed it was insurrection. It's not insurrection today. No one has been charged with insurrection. There have been some people charged with seditious this, that, and the other. Um, Sedition, or was it sedition? Seditious something or other. But no one with insurrection, as Cheryl Ackerson points out, the journalist. Do I believe that the way Trump handled it was correct? No, I don't. I don't like the fact that there wasn't heaven and earth move to make sure that the vice president was safe. I don't care what you think about Mike Pence. I care about the system. And I'm willing to go toe-to-toe with anybody on this subject. But I have noted, as we now know, that there are people who have been arrested, kept in solitary, not given proper medical care. This is the United States, and this is what's happening. It is obvious to anybody who is paying attention that retribution was on the agenda for the FBI for this so-called committee, and Americans have been abused. But as I also said, and have been saying now for two years, you had moments where people were invited into the Capitol. Why are these people somehow awful people that got invited in by police? Why would they think they've done something wrong if they got invited in? Then there was this thread from a guy by the name of Taylor Hansen. Now, I admit to you, I do not know anything about Taylor Hansen, except Taylor Hansen refers to himself, refers about himself, or to himself, uh, as a journalist. Okay, I, I, I can't argue that. I don't, I don't know the dude, neither here nor there. But he states that he was there and is able to give a fair amount of commentary to what it is he saw, certainly to a level of believability, about people who were attacked, about um, munitions uh, utilized, rubber bullets utilized, mace. That would mean by police against... Uh, uh, American citizens. Something that we don't hear about, but I would like to know more about. And then, of course, there is this conversation about a guy by the name of Ray Epps, who is the only person we've seen on video telling people to go to the Capitol, we're going to go in, we're going to fight, but yet somehow a guy who said to the January 6th committee, I orchestrated it, isn't somebody we're further investigating. More and more January 6th looks like pieces of an inside job. More and more January 6th requires more investigation. And until we have it, I ain't okay. I'm Tony Katz. So we have a speaker. Kevin McCarthy, vote number 15, lucky number 15. I I said 20. I was so close. I said it would take 20 votes. I swear to you, I I was kidding. But the fact that I was close, I don't know. Is is that something you you take to Vegas and you let it ride? No? Yes? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 
833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Feel free. Kevin McCarthy is now Speaker of the House. And I know some people are bothered by this. I'm not telling you no. I'm not telling you don't be bothered by it. Was he my first choice? No. He wasn't my first choice. But he had the hotter hand. And when we talk about Representative Matt Gates and uh, the pushing for anybody else, he didn't have a plan. He went, Jim Jordan, he nominated, and then he nominated Byron Donald, and then he nominated Donald Trump, and then he went back to Jim Jordan. That's not a plan. If, if, if you wanted someone else, get them on board and build a coalition. You can't tell me you want Jordan when Jordan doesn't want the gig. You weren't going to change the man's mind. So how about doing a better job of organizing. That would have been very, very helpful. But do I mind the back and forth and that people were were pushing for better rules? No, no, not at all. Did it look silly for a little while? Well, Gates and Boebert looked silly for a long while, and I think they still will. Although I saw an article over there at PJ Media uh, that talks about uh, uh, Matt Gates, mad genius. That's a, that's a take for sure. If you want to argue you are willing to push this to get concessions, no, no argument. It wasn't going to happen behind closed doors. You had to do it this way. Fine. You're going to go through all these people? No, no, no. Stick with somebody. Build a plan around it. Well, this was the plan, Tony, and that's why it was so smart. Sure. Sure. The plan was to have former President Trump say vote for McCarthy and still take another eight votes. Sure it was. But while we can have this conversation amongst ourselves, I am not listening to these people having a conversation. The historic chaos in the House of Representatives this past week embarrassed not only a party, but an entire nation. A small minority blocked the House from electing a leader or even swearing in its own members. That's Leslie Stahl over at 60 Minutes, and Leslie Stahl is ridiculous. The nation is embarrassed by this? Wait, by this? The Democratic Party has actual communists. This is embarrassing? Oh, and can we stop with the term chaos? Everything's chaos, everything extreme. It, it's as if they realized, okay, we've overused the word racist. Now we'll just stick with chaos and extreme, and we'll utilize that for the next 20 years. That's embarrassing from Leslie Stahl, but it's 60 minutes, and you should expect absolutely nothing less. These are the people who did the interview with Prince Harry. Now, I want to say for the record... When it comes to the interview that was done with Prince Harry. <laughs> exactly. That I did not watch the interview because I have a simple take on Prince Harry. It's embarrassing. The man is embarrassing. 
And I have absolutely no intention of discussing him or his interview. All right, all right, all right. His hatred for his brother, his hatred for his grandmother, his hatred for his father, his hatred for you, that's on him. The idea that his wife, Megan, clearly referred to the royal family as racist and he wants to claim that she never said it or ever said anything like it around it near it. Sure thing, Harry. I love cocaine! I'm not saying the man does drugs. I'm going to leave that for others. That crazy nonsense, I'm going to leave for others. This is what 60 Minutes, it, it was on 60 Minutes, right? This is what they, they think is important. It was Anderson Cooper doing the interview. Hmm, hard hitting indeed. We've got a border. We've got a, a, a the continued threat of China. You have war in Ukraine. But but no, no, no. Harry, this this child didn't get enough love. I don't know what the story is, but I'm not paying any more attention to it. You've heard the first and the last of it. Kevin McCarthy is the speaker. Now, as speaker, he's got some issues ahead of him. Like, for example, the rules. He has to get the rules done and through. And I don't know if he's going to be able to. The rules package, as uh, you we, we now know about it, the things that uh, Republicans are trying to get done here, was about being able to engage, force debate. One of the things this back and forth, these 15 votes exposed, was that Nancy Pelosi allowed nothing. Nancy Pelosi allowed absolutely nothing. You weren't allowed to talk. You weren't allowed to engage. You weren't allowed to ask questions. Drop a bill at 3 a.m. to be voted on at 9 a.m. All those kinds of things. She was a dictatorial speaker. And the Democratic Party had no problem with this. The Republican Party did. Good on them for discussing it. There are 55 pages to the rules for the House. This is what they're planning to pass, uh, hopefully sometime today. And as reported, one of the changes is a return to something called cut as you go. Legislation cannot be considered if it increases mandatory spending over a five or 10 year period. Meaning that if you're going to look for that, okay, now what is it that you're going to cut? That's a little bit different than pay as you go. So cut as you go is referred to as cut go. Pay as you go is referred to as pay go. So pay as you go can be offset by cuts or tax increases. The cut-as-you-go is a cutting of spending. And Democrats didn't even care about the pay-as-you-go stuff. It just didn't matter to them. If that is one of the results here, well, then fantastic. You will, you will not hear me argue. You'll hear me say, that's terrific. So there are um, other things within the rules. 
I got to double check if I'm reading this right. If somebody knows, uh, shoot, shoot me a line, Tony at TonyCats.com. A supermajority in the House required to approve new tax increases? I mean, I'm all about it. Woohoo! But I got to double check that. I got to double check that number. Make sure that, that, uh, that I'm hearing that right and that I'm seeing that right. These are all new changes that are coming and they're going to get voted on today. This is what the Republicans are going to do. And if this is what they come out of the gate with, I'm happy. Hakeem Jeffries came out of the gate wanting you to know that his plan was to act the part of the fool. Hakeem Jeffries was the Democratic leader who handed over the gavel to Kevin McCarthy. And never being somebody who avoids a speech, he decided to make one. The speech that he made is so... Um, okay, I'm going to play it for you. I'm going to do it. Are you ready? I, I, I love you, but you have to hear it. There is, you know what? I've said enough. I've said enough. I play it for you. This was Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic leader. This is his speech, part of his speech. I, you get it all because I'm, I, I love you. But I also want to make clear that we will never compromise our principles. House Democrats will always put American values over autocracy, benevolence over bigotry, the Constitution over the cult, democracy over demagogues, economic opportunity over extremism, freedom over fascism. Guys, I, it, it goes on. So do you want me to, do you want me to share the rest? No, God. Are, are you sure? No, God, please, no. Yeah, no. but. No. It's, there's more, there's. No. All right, I'll share more. Governing over gaslighting. Hopefulness over hatred. Inclusion over isolation, justice over judicial overreach, knowledge over kangaroo courts, liberty over limitation, maturity over Mar-a-Lago. Guys, it, um, it, uh, it continues. A vicious mother, isn't he? Well, that's a, that's a way to put it. That's a way to put it. This is a guy who thinks, uh, hey, uh, you can work with me. Normalcy over negativity. Opportunity over obstruction. People over politics. Quality of life issues over QAnon. Reason over racism. Substance over slander. Triumph over tyranny. Understanding over ugliness. Voting rights over voter suppression. Working families over the well-connected. Xenial over xenophobia. 
yes we can over you can't do it and zealous representation over zero-sum confrontation. We will always do the right thing by the American people. So let us. Wow. That's, um, that's a lot. That's, a, that's, um, that's the new leadership of the Democratic Party. I don't I feel I feel bad sharing it, but he actually thought that was a good idea. He thought going through the alphabet was was a good idea. Oh, dear lord. As it stinks. I heard it and I then had to watch it again. That you think that this is, this, they are children. There is just no seriousness whatsoever. And they're proud of themselves. Oh, they're proud of, they were standing up and they were cheering. They were cheering and yelling and hooping and hollering. And then uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez was overheard. I want an umpa I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but sure. Oh, it's going to be an ugly two years. The radicalness of Nancy Pelosi had a little bit of measure to it. The the autocracy, the, the iron fist, no. But she had a touch of measure, a touch. That's gone. It's going to be one hell of two years. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So as we learn more and more about these Twitter files, the lengths that the federal government went to silence Americans on all sorts of subjects, whether it be Hunter Biden and the laptop uh, via the New York Post reporting, or it was COVID. There's an email that is out. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, from Rob Flaherty, the director of digital strategy at the White House, that was um, sent to Facebook that says, since we've been on the phone, the top post about vaccines today is Tucker Carlson saying they don't work. Yesterday, it was Tommy Lahren saying she won't take one. This is exactly why I want to know about what reduction actually looks like. If reduction means pumping our most vaccine-hesitant audience with Tucker Carlson saying it doesn't work, then I'm not sure it's reduction. Translation? Hey, Facebook, why are you allowing these people to speak? Because this isn't what we, the White House, want. And Facebook responded by saying, hey, I saw this same thing when we hung up. I'm running this down now. The White House said, we don't like these private citizens saying things on your platform. And the platform said, oh, we'll get on that right away, sir. the lack of faith in the institutions. If anybody wants to tell me that this White House is scandal-free, what they have done, what the FBI has done, what uh, the State Department has done, other organizations, and what the media has allowed through their silence is disgusting and certainly not American. If you're okay with Tucker Carlson and Tommy Lahren being silenced, 
the lack of decency within you is overwhelming. Overwhelming. It's hard to describe how awful these people are. But it also shows that they will gladly lie in open. And they are doing the things that we know that they're doing. You know, people talk about um, uh, Dave Chappelle and that, that uh, his monologue on Saturday Night Live talking about Trump. And Trump came out of the house and said, everything you think we're doing in there, we're doing in that house. And then he went back in the house. Right? People talked about that. Oh, my gosh. The best understanding of Trump ever. We are learning from the Twitter files that they are doing everything we think they're doing. Government censorship took place. I don't know why we would take that. I don't like the idea that we're sitting back on this. I think it's time to get a little loud with elected officials and demand. We'll get into it. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today.